Song of invitation will be number 280, 280. Good evening, everybody. You may have to have patience with me tonight. I've got some allergies going on, and my voice might give out time to time, but we'll do the best we can. I wanted to share with you a story from the book of Nehemiah. I was reading a few weeks ago from this book, and I was really moved by Nehemiah's resolve and his persistence in the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem. And, and uh, the more I thought about it, the more I, I thought, well, I want to talk about that tonight when Ben asked me to give a lesson. And I don't have a PowerPoint tonight, but we're going to be reading out of Nehemiah quite a bit. So you might want to pick up your Bible and turn there to the first chapter. Just to give some, uh, this story some context, I want to review a little bit the timeline uh, that we're looking at. The entire city of Jerusalem, including the temple, was destroyed in 586 B.C. during the siege led by Nebuch King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. And at that time, the King, king Zedekiah of Judah was reigning. This event marks the fall of the kingdom of Judah and the third deportation of the Israelites to Babylon. The first one was around 606 B.C. So Jerusalem had fell, and many of the Jews there had been taken captive into Babylon. Not all of them, though. There was a remnant that remained. This, a 70-year exile had been prophesied by the prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah 29 and 10. And after the conquest of Babylon by the Persians, their captivity ended when King Cyrus of Persia allowed them to return to the Holy Land and rebuild the temple and the altar. Jeremiah 29:10 says, Thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. Also in Matthew 1 and 17, it says, So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. From David until the carrying away into Babylon are 14 generations. And from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. Upon their return from exile in 536, the Jews, under the leadership of Zerubbabel and Joshua, rebuilt the temple. And this construction was completed 20 years later in 516. Who is Nehemiah? So in the 20th year of King Adarazerxes of Persia, Nehemiah was one of the Jews that had been carried away, and he served in the Persian court. Nehemiah was among the exiled Shushan and was cupbearer to the king, working in the royal palace. And when we go through and read some of this book, 
It's going to start out with Nehemiah being there in the Persians, Persian king's palace. And no doubt because of Nehemiah's service and the way he had served the king and his good reputation, he had a request to ask of the king and the king granted it. Now, I, I totally believe that God had a hand in all of this, but I believe that his servants, they found a place in the heart of the, the rulers there, and Nehemiah was granted the ability to go down to Jerusalem and build the wall because of, because of his service and his good reputation. I want to read there in the first chapter, 1 through 10. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Helikai, it came to pass in the month Sislu in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the palace, that Hanai, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked him concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept, and mourned for certain days, and fasted, and prayed before the God of heaven. And I said, Beseech thee, Lord, God of heaven, the great and the terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Let thine ear now be attentive, and thine eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now, day and night, for the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee, both I and my father's house have sinned. We have dealt very corruptly against thee, and have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the judgments which, which thou hast commanded us, thy, commanded thy servant Moses. Remember, I beseech thee, the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, If you trespass, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. And if you turn unto me and keep my commandments and do them, though there, though there were of you cast out unto the uttermost parts of heaven, yet I will gather them together from thence, and I will bring them unto this place that I have chosen to set my name there. Now these are thy servants and thy people whom thou hast redeemed by the great power and by thy song. So you see Nehemiah here serving in the king's court. Some of his brethren made a trip there and they were visiting and he asked of the homeland and they told him it's, it's in bad shape. The wall's down, it's, it's crumbled mess. A lot of the, bread, the, the Jews that were carried away are back, but they're struggling, and their lands have been taken away. And it breaks his heart, breaks Nehemiah's heart. And he prays a sincere prayer to God. And the first, first thing he says is he confesses Israel's sin against God and against them not obeying the statutes that he had delivered to Moses. And then he, he requests God to remember them and that 
he requests God to let him go go and help him rebuild that wall. You know what? As I read through this this these verses in this book, I see a lot of parallels. You know, when we're talking about Israel, and they uh, through their their the time that is you know since their beginning in Abraham, they they get close to God, everything's good. Then they fall away, right? And then God abandons them, and they, things get really bad. And then they remember God and how good they had it when they were doing the right thing. And then they go, to, go back to God, and everything gets better again. And, you know, it's, it's a lot like us in our lives. You know, sometimes when things get pretty good, we forget God. But we need to remember him and stay close to him because that's the only safety there is. And that's where we'll be protected and, and taken care of. So Nehemiah, as I said, was the cupbearer. And he hears of the awful state of his countrymen and of, the, of Jerusalem and the wall. And that gets us to Nehemiah too. I think, as I said, Nehemiah's good influence over the king and, and how he had served him helped out at this time because the king grants him time, materials, and men to go with him to Jerusalem to inspect the damage there and, and to put together a plan to, to fix it. In Nehemiah 2, 1 through 5, Adaxerxes has appointed him governor of Judah now a Persian province, and allowed him to return and rebuild the walls of the city of Jerusalem. And not only did he allow him to go, but he sent with him letters explaining the support of the king and the undertaking that they were taking of and along with provisions of timber and men from the king's forest to help with this undertaking. I'll go ahead and read two through uh, two, one through five. And it came to pass in the month of Nisan in the twentieth year of Adaxerxes the king, that wine was before him, and I took up the wine and gave it to the king, and now I had not been before time sad in his presence. And wherefore the king said unto me, Why is thy countenance sad, seeing that thou art not sick? This is nothing else but sorrow of heart. And then I was very sore afraid. So he's serving the king, and the king notices that he's not right. He's not his self. And when he gets noticed by the king, he's, he's concerned. He's afraid he's in trouble. And said unto the king, Let the king live forever. Why should not my countenance be sad when the city, the place of my father's sepulchers, Lieth waste, and the gates thereof are consumed with fire. Then the king said unto me, Wouldest thou, what doest thou make request? What do you want me to do? And so I prayed to the God of heaven. And I said unto the king, If it please the king, and if thy servant have found favor in thy sight, that thou wouldest send me unto Judah, unto the city of my father's sepulchers, that I might build it. And the king said unto me, the, king, the queen sitting by him, for how long shall thy journey be, and when wilt thou return? 
So it pleased the king to send me, and I set him a time. Moreover, I said unto the king, If it please the king, let letters be given me to the governors beyond the river, that they may convey me over until I come unto Judah. And a letter unto Aspeth, the keeper of the king's forest, that he might give me timber to make beams for the gates of the palace, which appertain to the house, and for the wall of the city, for the house that I shall enter into. And the king granted me according to the good hand of my God upon me. So Nehemiah, he makes these requests of the king to let him go rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. These walls have been destroyed by Babylon years earlier when they took the city, and they're just in ruin now. And the temple has been rebuilt, and, and many of the Jews have come back to Jerusalem, but the walls in disarray, it's, it's rubble. All the gates have been burned and the timbers, and they have no protection from their enemies. And, and keep in mind, all these nations around them are not friends, but they're all under the Persian rule, right? Persia's ruling over the, all of the world now. And this is the king of Persia giving Nehemiah the right to go back and rebuild that wall. So now we, we, uh, we see that the king makes Nehemiah governor of Judah, so that gives him an office. And he, uh, he has people with him to take back and, and uh, check out what needs to be done. He give him help horsemen. He gave him all the wood that he needed, and he sent him on his way. In Nehemiah 3, we, uh, we hear of all the different groups that took part in repairing the wall and building back the gates of the city. I'm going to read a little bit there. And Elisha Bib, the high priest, rose up with his brethren, the priests, and they builded the sheep gate, and they sanctified it and set up the doors of it even under the tower of me, and they sanctified it under the tower of Hezanel. And next unto him builded the men of Jericho, and next of them builded Zachar the son of Emery. But the fish gate did the sons of Hanesta build, who also laid the beams thereof, and set up the doors thereof, and the locks thereof, and the bars thereof. So I'm not going to read all of this, because I don't want to butcher all these names. But every one of these people, Nehemiah went back to the city. He finds all the ruins, you know, the, the, the wall in ruins, and he starts putting a plan together. And I love construction project. I like to build things, put things together. But I, I can't imagine undertaking this in these hostile surroundings. And it's apparent that God is with these people. The king knew it. Nehemiah knew it, and when it's over with, all their enemies know it because they were able to go in there and rebuild these city walls. These city, the city encompassed the best I can figure out at that time. It was about 135 acres, and that, that wall was 16 and a half feet across. Is that thick. So they had, a, they had a big chore, but they broke it up into sections 
And each one of these groups of people of the tribe, different tribes, they took their section and, and they went to work and they made it happen. And I believe they, they rebuilt this wall in 52 days. It's pretty amazing, especially in the opposition that they had. In uh, chapter 4, and I'd encourage all of you to read this old book when you, when you get a chance because it's, it's really interesting to me. In chapter 4, but it came to pass that when Sanibalet heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. And he spake before his brethren in the army of Samaria and said, What do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? <clears throat> now Tobani and the Ammonite was by him, and he said, Even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. Here... O oh, our God, for we are despised and turn their reproach upon their own head and give them for prey in the land of captivity. They are ridiculed and they're threatened by all those surrounding them in the country, but they keep building and posting guards. In verses 16, I'm going to start there in 4. And it came to pass from that time forth that half of my servants wrought in the work. The other half of them held both the spears, the shields, and the bows, and the harbersons. And the rulers were behind all the house of Judah. And they which built it on the wall, and they that bear burdens with those that laid it, every one with his hands wrought in the work. And with the other hand he held a weapon. For the builders, every one, had his sword girded by his side, and so builded. And he that sounded the trumpet was by me. These guys were out there building, and they had their tools in one hand and a weapon in another. And they didn't know from one, one moment to the next when their enemies were going to attack them. And he goes into quite a bit of detail here. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but... It, uh, it, really, it really moves me how dedicated these people were. Once back in the land of Israel, Nehemiah, Nehemiah boldly resisted the opposition of God's enemies and their attempts to discourage him from fulfilling his mission under very difficult circumstances. And he rebuilt these walls in only 52 days, restoring safety, and security of the city and all its inhabitants. By doing this, he restored their confidence, their confidence in God and made them feel once again safe and protected under his wing. And because he was able to do this, the pagan nations around them no longer had the power to disrespect and humiliate them. And it was a sign to all those nations that God had a hand in it. In fact, when all the enemies of Israel heard about this, they were afraid and humiliated and lost confidence in themselves because they realized that this work had been done with the help and by the power of God and that therefore God was with them. You know, I, I think that there's a, there's a lot of difficulty that we deal with in our lives with 
But I think the message is that if we always stay close to God and we always seek Him out, we pray, we study His Word. As Van talked this morning about filling our hearts with good, if we do that, we're going to be, we're going to be successful in leading this life. In Nehemiah chapter 5, we have a little different situation that comes up. So Nehemiah's in the middle of building this wall, and he's got everybody pulled together, and they're working hard trying to get this done. They're in danger, watching over their shoulder. But there's, there's different classes of the Jews there because some of them, Many of them were taken off into Babylonian captivity. And they were slaves and they were held there for years. There was a remnant that wasn't ever, didn't ever leave their homeland. And so they're still there. They still got their land. They're, they're under the rule of Persia now. But all these, these uh, refugees, more or less, come back to the land of Judah. And they've lost their lands. And they've, they've lost all their money they're just they're there physically but they don't have anything and they're really in a tight spot and Nehemiah spends chapter 5 kind of just getting after those those Jews that do have resources for not helping out their people they were actually trying to benefit from it so in verse 5 I'm going to start there in verse 1 or chapter 5 verse 1 and there was a great cry of the people and of their wives against their brethren, the Jews. For there were that said, We, our sons and our daughters, are many. Therefore we take up corn for them, that we may eat and live. Some also there were that said, We have mortgaged our lands, our vineyards, our houses, that we might buy corn because of the darth. And there were also that said, We have borrowed money for the king's tribute, and that, that upon our lands and vineyards. Yet now our flesh is as the flesh of our brethren and our children as their children. And lo, we bring unto bondage our sons and our daughters to be servants, and some of our daughters are brought into bondage already, whether it is our power to redeem them for other men, have our lands and vineyards. And I was very angry when I heard their cry in these words. And then I consulted with myself and rebuked the nobles and the rulers and said to them, Ye exact usury every one of, of his brother. And I said a great assembly against them, and I said unto them, We after our ability have redeemed our brethren the Jews, which were sold unto the heathen. Will ye then even sell your brethren? Or shall they be sold into, unto us, then held then hold they their peace and found nothing to answer. And also he said, It is not good that ye ought to ye not to walk in the fear of the, our God because of the reproach of the heathen, our enemies. I likewise and my brethren and thy servants might exact of them money and corn. I pray you, let us leave off this usury. So he gets after them here and tells them to, that they need to be helping each other. They... They're all brethren. They're, they, they're rebuilding the wall. They want to rebuild the city. And 
that's the only way that they're going to make this work is if they all help each other and not be the ones that have holding it back and charging interest to the folks that, that don't and taking slaves of their children. So he gets their attention here and, and uh, kind of gets things going the right way. Nehemiah 6 and 16 It says, and when it come to pass that when all our enemies heard thereof and all the heathen that were about us saw these things, they were much cast down in their own eyes for they perceived that this work was wrought of God. So when the, the enemies of the Jews here saw the ability of the Jewish people to come together and do this great task of building this wall in such a short time period, they realized that this couldn't be just men's doing, that it had to be the power of God. Under Nehemiah's administration is the land of the land as governor, and Israel, the high priest, they gathered all the Israelites in an open square, and they read from the book of the law of Moses from morning until midday before an assembly of men and women. Nehemiah 8 and 1. It says, And all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate. And they spake unto Israel the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. And Israel the, the priest brought the law before the congregation, both men and women, and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday, before the men and women, and those that could understand and the ears of all the people were attentive under the book of the law. Understand these people hadn't been, this is, this is first, they've, they've been able to do this since the being taken off into bondage into Babylon. So this, this is pretty remarkable to me. The Levites once again began to fulfill their God-given assignment and taught the people the law of God. In 7 and 8 of chapter 8, and Jeshua and Bani and Sarabah and the Levites caused the people to understand the law, and the people stood in their place. And so they read in the book in the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. After all the idolatry of the time, leading up to the Babylonian captivity of Judah. The Israelites returned to serving God here in obedience and accordance to the law. In reading this story, I thought about the contrast of Nehemiah's rebuilding of the wall in our struggle to secure our lives from the world around us. You know, Judah, Jerusalem was there in the midst of all their enemies, in the midst of all these heathens, and they had no protection. And they were having a hard time getting by. And, and, and they were picked on and, and abused. And, and when they, they come together, and they allowed God to help them, and they built this wall. 
Then they, they felt the protection of God. Those around them saw the, the strength of God in their lives. Nehemiah's disgust and distress at the current state of Jerusalem and the wall when he heard of it after being destroyed by the Babylons and the vulnerable state that left them with their enemies around them, he determined to do something about it. You know, sometimes we have to get disgusted and distressed with the shape our lives are in before we do something about it. We've got to build a wall between us and the world, I believe. We've got to realize that this is a safe place and we've got to always spend our time in God's Word. He encourages the people to work together and not to pay attention to the threats and the outside forces around them. He encouraged them to be focused and committed. When he was building that wall, he even armed them. Like I said, they had their tools in one hand and a weapon in the other. You know, we fight a different warfare. We don't have knives and spears and bows. What we fight is a spiritual warfare. Ephesians 6 and 17, it says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. That's what we need to be using to fight off the world and to keep our hearts pure. That's all I've got to say tonight about Nehemiah, but I'd encourage all of you to read it. It's a very inspiring story. We don't want to end tonight without offering the invitation of the Lord. There's one that, that needs prayers or we can help in any way or there's one that's been taught and we'd like to be baptized. We'd ask you to come while we stand and sing.